0: Welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast uh, which is of course a Manchester City podcast which is available on SoundCloud and you can download it from iTunes, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts and it is a weekly podcast and it's all about Manchester City. I have some fabulous guests on and tonight is no exception. Uh, we have the uh, the wonderful ex-player Manua, who is, uh, as I predicted when he first joined us Um, two or three years ago, Uh, very much a rising star now. He's everywhere. But as he promised, he would always remember his his roots, as it were. And here he is still on the Forever Blue podcast. So, Nadim, thank you very much uh, for being
1: with us. Absolute pleasure, Ian, like always.
0: And I also have uh, two of my regular contributors, uh, Tony and Toby, Um, so they can give us their perspective as well as fans. And as always, I want to thank Howard's solicitors who are based in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire, specialise in family law so if you're going through a separation or having problems with access to your children or with social services then give them a call on 0161 872 9999 email law at howardsolicitors.com or just have a look at the website howardsolicitors.com and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast all around the world and you might think why would a solicitor that's based in Cheshire and whatnot be of any interest to me well if you're going through any sort of situation where you think you need a solicitor um, have a look on the website or send them an email and if you tell them that you listen to the Forever Blue podcast I'm sure they'll try and help you as much as they possibly can and guide you in the right direction the good people. Right. Uh, obviously, there's a, a lot we can talk about. Most immediately, the game that we've just been witnessing, as we record this on Sunday evening, which is City 3-Villa 1. Uh, the first observation would be that the fans were quite, um, quite buoyant and were um, booing very strongly, just like the old UEFA days, the Premier League anthem, and were telling the Premier League to basically F off. I won't obviously fill in the rest of that statement. Um, and, uh, and there was definitely a, a note, at least to me, I was in the south stand today. Normally I would be in the Colin Bell stand, but I was the guest of a lad called Phil Gatenby, who was uh, turning the big 6-0. And it was his birthday celebration and he invited me to come along. And I'd never been in there before on a match day and I thought it was fabulous, actually. Um, I really enjoyed it. But I saw the game from a different perspective because I was behind... The goal, and have a look at the the YouTube uh, video that I did, by the way, and you'll see that Phil's got quite a bit of history with the club. He was campaigning for safe standing in the the old day, and I even bumped into Frank Newton, who was the original guy who took the banana along, the inflatable banana back in the 80s, that started that massive craze of inflatable uh, dogs at at Oldham Athletic and all sorts. He went all over the world, Um, and I got to chat to him too, plus Mark Kennedy. Shea Givens, there's a lot of good stuff on there uh, So have a, have a look at it So, uh, Nathan, what did you make Of of this week, really As well as the game? I mean, it's it's Been a momentous week in
1: City's history Hasn't it? So we're going to start From the Monday, not the game that was on the Sunday Is this what we're going to do?
0: You can take it wherever you want, That's If you want to start Monday, let's start Monday.
1: Uh, Okay, so I'll start Monday. But Monday, for me, felt a bit disappointing because of Sunday and that realisation again that, you know, we've gone down, City have gone down to Spurs, to that stadium and got nothing and you've seen nothing. And it's it's annoying because before the game, like in my mind, I'm sure in the minds of many, you had this sort of nagging doubt that that could be what it is. And it's never because Spurs on paper are better than City it's just this feeling because it's Spurs, and for me personally, that started I think when Harry Redknapp was manager and they were going for fourth place when Roberto Mancini was in charge, and I think uh, Peter Crouch scored a goal in the last minute, took them out, took them into that spot. Like I don't, I don't really have the greatest feeling about Spurs in general. That's me trying to be politically correct about it. Yeah.
0: Hang on, so Nader, so as a former player, you telling me that that actually gets into your head? It's no,
1: no, 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 no. no. Because at this point, after that game against Spurs, I never played for City again. So it doesn't get in my head because I wasn't the one that was wearing the City shirt trying to play against Spurs. But I'm the former City player that watches City against Spurs. And down there, shes I don't know, it's, it's really weird. I can't put my finger on it. To have not scored a goal at that stadium in five attempts or whatever, it defies logic considering City in that time has scored 500 goals. They just can't do it there for some reason. But so you've got a disappointment on the Monday. And then I think the news breaks that, you know, everyone's out to get them. And I think for my perspective and a few other ex-players, people reaching out to us asking, like, what do we know? Because all of a sudden this is during like my time there. I left City 10, ten years ago. All of a sudden I'm involved in this conversation. I And I'm like, I don't I don't have a clue, but still everyone expects you to know. And everyone wants to sort of make jokes about it and so on. And I could see a lot of City fans and people associated with City were very much on the back foot because you don't know how to take a forward step. But in speaking to some people that I know, you know, City is a very, very well-run football club. And the people at the top who are being accused of what they've been accused of, they genuinely believe they have nothing, they've not done anything wrong. And I was very, I was very curious to see what the statement was going to be by the the people at the top. And it was a very, very strong statement. And whether it turns out to be true, I don't know. But I think that gave me a bit of comfort. And then going forward, you know, you see the, um, the games that are coming up in this game in particular, especially after Arsenal drew, and it was a bit of a contentious decision. You know, we just had the letdown spot the week earlier where, where City thought, here's a chance to catch up. Then there's nothing. But this time there was something. And even though, you know, nothing's guaranteed for the, week, for the Wednesday game against Arsenal, it feels just that little bit bigger now. And I could be wrong there, but it just feels that way. And I think the performance today was great. And for some people, I like one of my uh, really good friends, Andrew Mascheta, he he knows the Kanji's played well. He knows Ake's played well. He knows how the season's panned out. But his comfort blanket is seeing some players who we've seen do it for many years. And every single one of them was out there today, barring Phil Foden. And when that's the case, you just feel more at ease. And I think overall, they played really well. I think Villa, especially in that first half, didn't have anything going for them I think that's due to the way City played and an early goal always 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 helps doesn't it you know you could have been in that stadium and it could still finish the score that it did but if the first goal wasn't scored till maybe the 60th minute that's not really an enjoyable 60 minutes is it so I'm happy delighted they've won I've got work later it's always nice because this time a week ago you know I had, I was doing matches of the day and I was watching them lose to Spurs and the worst thing about match of the day in terms of creating it Sorry for a really long answer. But the worst thing about match-of-day in terms of creating it is you watch the game, then you have to analyse the game alongside other people, then analyse it, then analyse it, then analyse it, just to get ready for the show. And then when the show starts, what you do? You watch the highlights, then you analyse it. So it literally felt like it was 12 hours of just watching like the worst nightmare possible. But this week now, it feels good, and I'm feeling feeling optimistic.
0: And it gives you any consolation whatsoever. I remember City losing... 5-0 at Old Trafford and the next morning, it was a weekday, I think it was a Thursday night actually, and the next morning I was um, on the BBC reading out the sports news from 6am till 9am every half an hour and I thought this is just going to be awful. Now because I was on the radio, I actually wore, which is something I would never do normally, it's unprofessional, but I actually wore my City shirt in the office and I got in there at 5 o'clock in the morning, I wrote out my my bulletin that was going to read out, Manchester United United Beach City by five goals to nil. And then then news came through that the the transmitter wasn't working. The BBC transmitter up on Winter Hill or wherever it was. So nothing happened at six o'clock. We were just relaying five live or whatever it was. So I thought, right, I'll prepare the one for half past six then, um, slightly differently half past six come, no no transmitter. So I didn't do the six, 6.30, seven, 7.30, eight or 8.30. And then about quarter to nine, they said, we've got the transmitter up again now. And the big boss came in, went straight over to my desk and said, you've sabotaged the transmitter, haven't you? Um, but I've got to tell you, I was delighted that I didn't have to keep repeating that all morning. So I have a certain amount of empathy for what what you were going through, Nadeem. <laughs> yeah. Now, in, in terms of uh, as a player, When you see Pep Guardiola make that big statement um, at the press conference, which I was lucky enough to be sat just a few feet away from him, you must, they'll have watched that, they'll have heard about that, that will have inspired them. And, you know, whatever the outcome is, and I know there's a growing confidence among City fans that it's going to go the right way. Mm. Um, The whole way that he handled that was just classy, wasn't it? Just, you know, I, I can't believe how good it was.
1: Yeah, I think it was, um, to take a step back, I think it's very classy from a City perspective. I think some people from the outside still don't like it, but they never will. I think the teams that were called out by the manager, they're not going to be happy about that because they'll still think they're justified in doing what they did. But I I liked it. I liked it a lot because I think, for me, Pep Guardiola is one of the best managers that's ever existed. And he's here at City. And this would have been the perfect point for him to just jump off and say, no, this isn't for me, and so on and so forth. Like You could hear it in the build-up. Because they'll find in his old words saying, Well, if they lie to me, then this, that, and the other. But then instead, he goes to the exact opposite thing and basically shows that this club is a part of his identity. This is where he wants to be. And it's a rallying cry to all those who represent this side of Manchester that we're in this together. And whether people want to tear us down, it makes no difference because this is who we are. And even the point where, you know, he's mentioning moments that existed at City before he came, he's talking about the game in 2012 that's very significant you know because it'd be very easy easy for him to just talk about his own successes but he's showing an understanding how big that moment was and how big some of the other moments were so I personally loved it and I was on radio today talking about it but like I thankfully I went on I was the last person to respond so I let everyone else say how much they loved it first and then I was like yeah I agree with you guys you know I didn't want to go too big and say Pep's right dirt obviously but I liked it. I liked it an awful lot. I think it's good for the players as well because it shows continuity. At some point, you know, as a, as a player and as a fan, obviously, you don't really have as much control over things as you sort of believe that you do. But if you look around, and everything still kind of looks the same. You've got that added sense of comfort. And if it's going to be a case of them versus us for the rest of the season, then so be it. Because everyone that's on this side is desperate to be successful and they're going to try and prove as many people wrong as they can. Then who knows what the summer looks like. But for now... You know, if they're going to be their villains, then let it be. They're, I think they're more than ready for that.
0: Well said. Um, let, let's bring in the other two. Um, let's start with Toby. Um, because on the way home from the match, I was chatting to him and he said he's been frustrated by the lack of people to be able to speak to and let his feelings out to. So you've got a perfect platform now, Toby. Um, what, what have you made of the last week? You can start with the matches. You can start with the charges that have been made by the Premier League. Start wherever you want, but the floor is yours, sir.
2: Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go from the start of the week, shall we? Let's let's make it nice and easy. I mean, all, all I've had to talk to the last week is Manchester United fans telling me we're going to get relegated and we're going to have all these points deducted and they're going to have our titles and and I, I, I actually, I mean, a, a lot of City fans will be complaining about that and. And and feeling the pressure and feeling the heat from the from the other fans, but I absolutely love it. I love to hear from now the best thing I I've heard all week from a Manchester United fan is we're going to have your titles. You're all you are is o- oil money. But all this and all that, and I go, hang on. Twenty years ago, you had all this over us. You were you were the arguably the best team in the world. All these trophies, all these titles over us, and now all you've got to say about us is that we've just got the oil money and. This whole week has been, you know, I could almost go back to two years ago when we got originally charged by UEFA and kicked out of the Champions League. I could almost carbon copy every single news article and things said and paste it. In what's happened over the last week and it would be exactly the same it's been that the we're going to get kicked out of this we're going to get kicked out of that we're going to have our title taken away we're going to get kicked out of the premier league I mean, it, there was even talk of that at the time of the champions league so it's just been exactly the same and that's all i've been saying all week you know whatever happens whatever the conclusion of this um of these charges are whether i, I personally think we're going to get off i don't think anyone anything will happen pep i'll, I'll come on to the, his reaction in a minute but uh, I, I personally, I, I I just I love the the whole reaction and everything around uh, around it. Um, so whatever whatever the whatever the the conclusion of this, we're always going to be known and we're always going to be tagged by everyone as the, the oil money club and the, the the club that's just 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 has the money in. And and yeah, we we did get bought by by a, by Sheikh Mansour, but but what what a what a guy to buy us and to and to 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 bring in all this money and to to bring a community of, uh, of of a team and it's just amazing I, I love and, and as I say I found nothing more satisfying this week than than getting it from United and Liverpool fans we're going to have your titles you're going to get relegated you're going to be out of the Champions League you're never going to win and they're just there going you've had all this over us for years and years and years and now all you can say about us is that we've got all money yeah I'll take that I'm very happy with that I've had uh, you know I, I'm only 21 I've, I've 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 seen us go over I've been home and away I've, I've seen us go I've, I've been abroad to watch us and if they even if they were to take the titles away from us I I've had some of the greatest times of my life supporting this football club, and they can never take that away from me. Um... When it comes to the by reality. the way
0: by the way Toby they're not going to take those titles away. The oh, said that retrospectively that won't happen and when you see that banner that was in the Arsenal crowd and they're saying you know I, I, I'll just paraphrase it you know we, we haven't been financed by our money and then they've got a big emirate uh, uh, an emirates, emirates, emirates yeah. banner there and I'm thinking hang on a minute isn't that the ironic though, isn't it? from the Middle East oh you know, yeah what?
2: completely and and it, it the irony continues with Manchester United because all we've heard for the last 10 years is well you're just oil money well hang on a minute let's let's. Let's go back to three days ago when you started getting linked with the Qataris and you're all getting excited about it and happy that you're going to and you go, well, you scratch your head and you go, well, all you've done is call us money, money club. And now you're getting excited. It's it's, honestly, it it is. It's just so fun. And it's just typical Manchester United fans there really. But um, just moving on to do it because I don't want to talk forever. I want to let Tony talk as well. Just when it comes to the reaction, I think Naden pretty much hit the nail on the head with it, really. So there's not much more to say, but I just think it's the perfect reaction. It was almost like a battle cry, you know. We, we look, look at us. We've we've been fine once we got off. We, you know, it was all this week. There was the expect as as Nadum says the the. I think it was you actually said it. Um, all this sort of um, all the cries from the from what Pep said in May about leaving if they lied and and all this and and that there was. You know this sort of anticipation around the press conference that, that I sort of felt I'd never been before. And he walked in, and as you say, so cool. He went, "I'm here. I'm happy here. I'm not leaving. My I love. I love it here." And everyone sort of turned around and went, "Oh, well, that's that's unexpected. That was a bit of an, an anticlimax. That was that's what, what what we weren't expecting to hear, and it was just fantastic." And I think. Coming now onto the Villa performance today, that showed, especially in that first half, we, from minute one, we looked not just like we were on that pitch to, to earn a wage or to, to just to play football or do our jobs. We looked like we wanted to win. We want, we, we've we seen Arsenal drop points yesterday and we want to go and grab two points over them because we play them on Wednesday. And what confidence to give ourselves to go, okay, let's go and get 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 three points behind them. Yeah, granted with the game in hand, but let's go and get level points with them on Wednesday. Um, I, I, I just, it was fantastic to watch. I've been so happy with the reaction um from PET, from the players, from the fans, from everything. It's this 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 sort of growing snowball now that I think is just going to keep going and going. And hopefully we'll really, you know, it's crazy to say it, but in February, may just kickstart our season a bit and push us on.
0: Well, I mean, that was a coiled up uh, held in emotion. I did, pro- I you did just- promise, yeah, that i I was
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding that in for a week. I promised, I promised it was uh, it was a held up
0: opinion there so are you the same Tony are you bursting to to tell us your opinions now um I I think
3: to be honest everything that's been said
0: has has,
3: has come from the lads um that you know in regards to the situation on Monday um a timing issue for me is 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 a big thing I I just wonder what why why now I mean basically these charges have been uh, hanging around for the last four years and it's took them around about four years to to come to this conclusion Uh, When you break it down, there's probably two or three that possibly uh, are the ones that are going to be challenged. uh, And that is the lack of cooperation that Manchester City have had in regards to the reason why the Premier League uh, uh, have got to where they've got to now. Um, It'll be interesting how they come away with that. My only other concern is that I don't think the Premier League will want to um, be red-faced over this. So I'm really concerned. Like you say, there'll be certain things that are starting to come out now that obviously you know in terms of league titles they're not going to be able to take them away retrospectively etc cetera, etc cetera. the points deduction possibly could be something that they may administer but they may administer it in a way that it's probably not really going to affect city it might be staggered over a couple of seasons i don't know um but i think that's probably the only concern that i have in regard to that um but obviously Pepper's come out and and and, and has given us that as, as, as Toby said, has given us that rally cry now and it's that them against us. And I think that's changed the whole mentality of the club um, and, you know, everybody's against us and it kind of works in your favour in some cases. Nadal have, Nadal have been in battles like that when it's them against us and it does raise your game. Um, it was nice to see going to today's game, it was nice to see the personnel coming back to what we've been used to seeing, Those, the, the players that have actually uh, have done it, have seen it, done it, uh, which was great. We've got the players like Ake and, and and people like that who have who to be honest have been outstanding. So I wouldn't be surprised if obviously they sort of filter back in. It was great to see Diaz today. I thought he was uh, I thought he, he he did really well considering obviously he's been out for for so long. I thought it was the right thing to take him off. There's a little concern about Howland now because obviously he picked up a, looked like a dead leg. So I've not heard anything more from that. So whether that keeps him out on um, on um, on Wednesday, but you know. So to be honest, I don't think it it might actually work in our favour uh, because I think you know we've obviously talked about the Haaland situation before. It kind of in some way makes it a little bit more fluid, so I'm not that worried about that. Uh, ultimately, I don't think it's a it's a game where we will be reliant on Haaland. I think we've got enough, um, uh, you know, with ourselves in order to uh, you know take this game to them. I think the important thing is that we don't lose. Um, yes to win would be great but not to lose because I don't think Ars- well Arsenal are going through this patch now where all teams do Newcastle are going through something similar at the moment where they're dropping points because they've got the, their 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 is on something else in terms of a cup final so it, it, it's just an interesting time and obviously we're still in there we're still in there with a shout so so it's great it's great to be uh, in that position uh, knowing what we can do and also with this added Uh, pressure that that obviously I've just mentioned before. So no, bring it on.
0: One of the things you mentioned, though, was about the timing of it. And so I would urge you to, if you've not already done it, to watch the YouTube uh, video, uh, the vlog that I do, because Mark Kendrick, who is a Labour cooperative MP, Made a very good point. I asked him about that timing of it because a lot of people suggested that because of the impending white paper that was due to come out, um, that this was why the Premier League had made their move now, and maybe they've um, you know sort of got it wrong a little bit. I mean, we can carry on talking about this subject, and I'm sure we will. But the other thing I suppose I'd ask, and and perhaps you can give us your insight on this, Nadim, is it, it felt to me as if the manager, and and I think. You alluded to this, Tony, you know, sort of went back to what you'd call his senior players. I don't mean that disrespectfully against Ake or Akanji or anybody else, frankly. But it felt like when we looked at that team today that took the field against Aston Villa with Diaz and Laporte and Rico Lewis wasn't in the starting 11, it was back to Kyle Walker. You know, you just thought this is probably what Pep regards as his strongest 11. Is that how you feel, Naden
1: um, not necessarily, no. Not not to necessarily say it's his strongest 11, because I think two of the better players this season have been Akanji and have been Ake as well. So it would be unfair to say that those two don't rep- represent the strongest. I think those are the, some of the players out there today, are the ones who have the most history and the ones who've done very, very well at this stage of the season in times gone by. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's so strange because when I speak to one of my friends about this, he. Literally says, Ake and Akanji have been exceptional. But then he also says, I would love to see Laporte and Diaz. You know, that's such a a unique position to be in. I can't see many clubs that are in that sort of spot where they can do that. But it was good to see. And as well, I like it when somehow you can have Gundogan, Bernardo Silva and De Bruyne playing at the same time. And they managed to do that today. And that's a consequence, I think, for Aston Villa. Just had bodies everywhere you know they didn't know whether to come go high come short go left go right but like the guys are so fluid and good with what they do and it's just so so impressive so i think he put out a side which the fans you know were really excited to see i think uh in that spot as well mares has earned that respect grealish has earned that respect as well because you know previously the wingers would be different to those two but now we understand it when those two play so yeah, he, he. I wouldn't say he necessarily made a statement because I think the way they play today won't be the way that they'll play on Wednesday. I think with the three that they kind of defended at the back with, if you try to do that against an Arsenal with a front three that they have, it's probably a bit too dangerous. So I think he might end up being maybe a fraction more conservative for that game. But this is the thing which I think at times Pep doesn't get credit for when it works out, but gets hammered for when it he doesn't. He's probably sensed that Aston Villa don't really play with wingers. So as a consequence, that spot out wide can be for a Grealish, it can be for a Mahrez, and instead you can sort of flood the midfield a little bit more. Sorry, my watch is trying to, my watch is listening to me. Oh my goodness. But yeah, it was... Somebody, um, somebody must be. Yeah, literally, I, I no one related to Arsenal anyway. But um, yeah, he he did it and it made perfect sense because now all those Aston Villa players would have been expecting to see one thing and then all of a sudden it just wasn't there and they couldn't get anywhere near it, no matter what they tried. Obviously, the second half was different because the game was essentially done. But it was good. Seeing some of those familiar faces, like my person that I like to see the most is Kyle Walker. You know, I think for me, you can say the World Cup split the season, but I see City's season splitting from when he got injured against Man United. Because from that point, you know, I thought Cancelo played there a couple of times. I think he's better off the left. You saw John Stones playing there. You saw Kanji playing there. You saw Rico come through there, and there was like a bit of a change there. But Kyle Walker, like he's the guy. So when you see Kyle Walker, Room D as an aimer, Laporte, all you can think about are the years where City are winning tons of games, winning tons of trophies. So does give you peace of mind. Obviously, Rodgers is exceptional in there. Gundogan genius. Kevin De Bruyne a genius. Bernardo Silva genius. Like that. At times in that first half, I thought it, was just, it felt like a privilege and it didn't feel real because they're just so good at football. And I think that's standard there it's as good as anything you probably see in your lifetime. So for them to be able to do it, given the fact they've not been in the best run of form and given the week that they had, because there would have been a lot of eyes on them today. And Aston Villa have been a side in really good form. No, nah, not not today, lads, not today. Just head down the M6. And unfortunately, you know, think about it for next time.
0: I take your point about the three, and and I agree that he probably won't do the three at Arsenal. So just to explain this one to me, why did he play a three at Tottenham then when you had three, you know, superb counter-attacking players
1: well the the three of Tottenham was a little bit different and excuse me if my perspective is potentially wrong here because I think some people are trying to say Bernardo Silva is essentially playing left back but when a team has most of the ball it's not really the case and Bernardo is a better midfielder than Rico Lewis is so Rico Lewis when he steps into midfield he's a defender stepping into midfield whereas Bernardo Silva might drift across to the left to try and help with defending you know there's a subtle difference so against Spurs, they did have four defenders when it was time to defend. But lo and behold, as is the case with City, they had a lot of the ball. And I think the same case was today. But, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I thought Laporte, when he had to go out wide, was excellent. Kyle Walker, when he was out wide, was excellent. So it he might look the same. But the personnel dictate whether it's the same or it's different. And seeing Bernardo Silva alongside a Rodri is very different to seeing Rico alongside Rodri. So I wouldn't necessarily class the two as being the same. Even though on paper it could sort of elude to be that. Like you're not going to see Bernardo Silva standing at left back looking to be going for headers and all sorts. Whereas for Rico, you would do that, especially in long periods of defending, like they probably faced against Spurs. So I think it is different. But yeah, it works. It works however it needs to work. And it was it was magnificent today, I thought.
0: What did you two learn from today's game? Then did you learn enough to feel confident about what's coming up at Arsenal? And you can both dive in and and tell us what you think whenever you want. Fight over your your time in the podcast.
2: Um, well, yeah, I mean, as I as I said a little bit earlier on, uh, it it was such a confidence booster today. I think. I mean, um, there's not much really else to say in terms of the. Um, I, I agree with the. Um, with the with the point about the senior players i think it was so nice to see for me especially ruben diaz there was a tackle i think it was in the um in the first half um that when they were sort of i think it was when they were three on three and he just went straight in and you just and even that i mean when a tackle feels like you've broken through and you're one-on-one on go you know it when it feels so good to to, to win a tackle when it feels that good to win a tackle it that's when you know it. it's something's right and when I looked at the lineup today and you look at it and you go well that's that's interesting it looks like there's only three defenders and you're like oh what's what? you know you know the, the the classic term pet roulette but when you see that the likes of of Laporte and and Diaz back and Bernardo in there you know De Bruyne uh it, it's so refreshed so it's almost like a reboost um, DS has been out for so long he's, this season. He's not had a great, uh, a lucky season in terms of injury. So it's so nice to see him back and looking like so, looking so, so good again. The only thing that does worry me slightly for, for Wednesday is that left-back position because whoever does play there, whether he plays the three and, and, that, uh, and that sort of Bernardo Silva helping in that sort of left-back role, um, whoever does end up playing there, will have to face Bayou Saka. And I think for me, along with Martin Odegaard, he's been Arsenal's best player this season. He's been absolutely insane. Um, I'd take him at City any day of the week. I think he'd fit us so well. Um, so the one thing I really, really don't want to see him do is put Rico Lewis there. I think that was a huge mistake against Tottenham. Um, you know, you're putting Rico Lewis on his wrong side. Um, he's 18 years old and you we want him to be an inverted fullback. And that is a very, very complex role. And that's a role that he taught and sculpted Jal Cancelo into. And and it took time. And this is something that's come over a huge part of the Pep Guardiola area is these things take time. You look at Phil and how long he took in to to integrate into the team. You know, I don't think he could just throw Rico into that left-back role and tell him to be an inverted full-back. Um, and it just sort of clicked and it worked because that I, for me, that was a huge mistake. I think he was well, he didn't have a good game last week, Enrico, and I'm, I, I, I don't blame him because he was sort of thrown into that. So I just hope he doesn't do that um, on, uh, on Wednesday. Um, I, I can see him... I, I disagree with Nate I, I I think I think it was Nanny who said that, that he don't think he'll play the three. I think he will. I think Pepsa, you can see what, what, what Pep's like. I think he'll 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 stick to what he he knows. I think he does experiment, but I think that's work today. So if I if I were Pep, I mean I'm not, and I don't know what I don't know what there's some some of this crazy stuff he comes out with, but I, I think he could stick to the three. I think he could stick to that sort of plan. But God knows. And I'm hoping I'm hoping whatever he does um works and, and gives us the result we need. Um I am confident going into Wednesday now. I think it's now or never really I, I said that at Tottenham, but I think now this is the point where we will be level on points with them. That would really or they then then have a game in hand. I think it's Everton their game in hand is um but that would really put the pressure on and it would it would it would really show what Arsenal are made of if if we were to go and go and get that result. So let's see the other thing that gives me just the slightest bit of um, just, just knocks my confidence a little bit is obviously Haaland got a knock, came off at half-time and we haven't really heard I mean, Pep said he, he he got a kick or something I, I think he said in his, his press conference which you guys have already talked about a little bit so that gives me that knocks my confidence a little bit but apart from that that performance today it felt like we really want to just go and kick start our season and go and chase
0: down Arsenal now like we've done with just, Liverpool in the past. Just before I bring Tony in just while I was listening to you then I was just, I'm thinking I wonder what's going through Nadam's mind here because I've never played the game professionally you know, I've, I've talked about it. Right. Well, I know. I was going to bring you in it as well, but I've never. I was going to call me before I call you, right? I've never played the game professionally. You know, I'm. I've been watching the game a long time, and so I think I know what I'm talking about. You're 21, and that's mm. not in your age, but you're a young kid, relatively speaking. Um, Tony has played a little bit, I know, of, of football, but you've been a professional footballer, Nadam. And when you come and talk to us on a podcast like this, or you do a phone in, does it ever frustrate you? And you think in in your in the deep recesses of your mind, are you thinking, what well, these people don't know what they're talking
1: about? will <laughs> no, no, tum-
0: no. I'll just humour them.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not, not at all, not at all. Like, it's essentially a game of opinions, and I might have a slightly more informed one, but it doesn't mean that, like, I'm essentially right or you're wrong or anything like that. It's just interesting to hear, say, the way that you'd speak about the game. Say, for example, we've gone with that back three. Like, from a tactical standpoint as a player, if you choose to do a back three against a front three, it's, like, it's suicide. and that's And that's the... Well, it's not to say that it won't happen because at this stage, we don't know. Maybe he'll go over three on, on Wednesday and do something different. So that's why I just I just listen and I think about it. I'm sort of like creating a simulation in my mind of what that would look like. Because for Arsenal, one thing they're particularly good at is having to play, say, on the right side, then switching it really quickly and creating overloads. And if City don't, don't have enough bodies over there, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. Like I thought in the FA Cup game, I thought Nathan Ake did really, really well against Saka. But he had support in front of him as well because you do need the two, because for Arsenal, Ben White will be bombing forward. He bombs forward as soon as Saka receives the ball. So you could be creating two V1s from that standpoint. So you can't really afford to be bare on that side, if you know what I mean. Um, And if they did then try and support it, then City end up having a five at the back, which is fundamentally against what Pep would want to do. But again, it's just my opinion. And when the time comes and he sets the formation, and I I didn't do coaching badges. I don't have any of those. Pep is a genius. He's done what he's done consistently for a very long time now. So, Who knows? Um, I know what matchups I'd like to see, but yeah, who knows? And I'll I'll be honest, I'm I'm never confident about any game of football that Man City play. But, you know, a lot of eyes are going to be on this match. Yeah, but a lot of eyes are going to be on this game. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they can make a statement. But even if they don't, I think because of the way this last couple of weeks has gone, it's still not over either way. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. And I'll be ready to have every phone in available for me on the when on the Thursday after they win. But I'm sure nobody'll be ringing me. But yeah, that's that's the way it goes.
0: Tony, you you have played a little bit, haven't you? So you you, have, you know more than me. You know more than Toby. Well, obviously, probably played a bit of five-a-side Toby, haven't you? But, you know, we've not played like Nadim yes, has the, in the uh, uh, Premier I, League. I, I won't have you disrespecting my five-a-side team in Manchester. <laughs> that is the absolute
2: elite-level
0: football, that is. <laughs> so, what's your take on it on Tony?
2: Well, I mean,
3: it's interesting be, Uh, uh Nadim was talking about matchups. Um, I think... I don't think that Rico will play um, on uh, Wednesday. And I think for the reason that, um, that has kind of been said before in terms of is is we, is one is a weaker player compared to obviously people like Ake uh, and Kyle Walker ultimately in, in games of that sort of magnitude. Also as well, I think uh, uh, we will take a lot out of the game that we played Arsenal at home. And I thought Trossard gave uh, Rico Lewis a really hard time. So I think that will be taken into consideration. I thought Ake, okay, uh, when we did, when he played against Saka, totally marked him out of the game anyway. I think Niketia is probably more of a threat, personally, but I do like I do like Trossard, um, and I think he seems to be um, a player that can make things happen. Odegaard, of course, as we mentioned before, great player. Um, but what was interesting about today, and I think Nadeem alluded to it, is that we had enough players that, um, that actually could step into the back four as and when they needed. So, although although it was seemingly that that we didn't have a left back. uh, Obviously, Walker came across. um, uh, uh, Rodri could obviously step in at centre half when obviously we've not got the ball. And I think uh, um, Pep alluded to the fact that when he was asked, are you playing a three in terms of a defensive point? If you said, well, no, he said, because when we've not got the ball, there'll probably be five or six. And that was what he was trying to get out because players actually come and did other jobs because that's, they're able to do that, um, so I think the side that goes out on Saturday uh, on Wednesday will be similar to what we've got today. Um, in the sense, it will be a stronger side and a players that can obviously dip into that. So um, I don't think we'll be as adventurous because I think Arsenal need to win this game more than we do, personally. Uh, from that point of view, I think it's it's still it's still in our hands. As far as I'm concerned, so I think there's more pressure with Arsenal being at home to actually come out and 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 take the game to us, and I think that's what their mistake will be if they do that, and we will change tactics in terms of being a, a counter pressing side and and obviously hit them on the uh, uh, you know on on the attack. So I mean, that's just 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 my opinion. How good is Saka, Naiden?
1: Yeah, he's he's very very good. Uh, earlier in the year, I was on a radio show and Ben White said that. Sackle's like one of the best players in the world. And I was listening, I was like, hey, come on, relax yourself a little bit there, pal. But from the way that he plays and how important he is for them, and the fact you realize he's like 21, 22 years of age, like the sky is the limit. You really will take it to take it to the fullbacks. He's got really good movement, his touch is good, his ability to go to go past players is as good as anybody in the Premier League right now. So yeah, without a doubt, he's He's very, very good, but he's not their only threat because even on the other side, I think Martinelli's fallen out of form a little bit, but he's still a big threat. Trossard was on fire first part of the season as well. But then it's their combinations and stuff. I think the way that they can move the ball quickly is what really upsets sides. And they start so, so fast as well at home to get the crowd right behind them. So they're just, you know, there's a reason why they're on top right now and they have the points that they have. Even though they have this blip, they're still in a fantastic position. And, yeah, they just form just great partnerships and link-ups together. So it's going to be a tough game, but I think it's going to be a great game of football. If I could be a neutral, I'd probably enjoy it, but because I'm not, I probably won't. But hopefully, you know, they get the... City get the result, and it can be a very big statement. But then, in some ways, I'm caught between wanting to see them play really well like they did today or just, like, conduct a robbery like they did last year at the Emirates. If you remember Rodri poking in in the last second, I really don't know which one would matter more to me. But, do you know what? Uh, I'll take a robbery actually a robbery is like oh you see this is the stuff of champions you know every, just bring out cliche book page three what do champions do they go away to tough games and they find a way to win you know what I mean you'll hear all that for the next week if that happens so I'll lean that way hopefully Saka has a bad day hopefully every single player they have has a bad day but if they don't you know it's going to be a fantastic game of football
0: you're telling me from the way you're answering that question that that this is psychological. I know Tony's saying that, you know, uh, 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 you know, don't lose and that and that's, that's fine. But it feels to me as if City go there and win, that breaks Arsenal.
1: Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it breaks them, but it does raise a lot of questions because from being in the media, a lot of people have not wanted to say Arsenal are favourites for the title from start to finish. They could have won 10 games in a row, not conceded a goal, battered everyone. They've won at Chelsea, where won against this team, that team, so on and so forth. But people have just got this sort of like nagging doubt in the back of their mind because it's Arsenal. It's Arsenal today. And they have a young side. So if City came and they did it, everyone then expects City to just go and just find it because they've done it so many times before. And I think it would be a blow for Arsenal because, you know, these are now uncharted waters for them. It's been a very long time since they've won a Premier League. You know, most of the players that were involved that are in their squad now were tiny human beings at that point. They are a very, very young side. So yeah, I think a city win would upset a lot. I think that crowd would be walking away and they'd feel like they've become the underdog. I don't know if that 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 might suit them, but I don't think it would suit the style of play and alike. And the moment, as we've seen, as soon as a team senses, as soon as the league rather senses a team has a weakness. All of a sudden they attack them in a different way. and I think if Arsenal lose on Wednesday after drawing the last two and then losing city, that's run a form where other people believe they've got a chance and that belief can make things very, very hard between now and the end of the season as opposed to city if they go on a run and they look invincible before you know it teams are rolling over before they've even they've even arrived in the stadium. so it could be pivotal pit, sorry pivotal, but I've got to say though, respectfully. Like Tony, it's so funny when like when I'm caught in a perspective it says it's in our hands. Surely it's in Arsenals as well. Because if they win, then you know it's there's six points with a game in hand. Like it surely works both ways. But I hear that but, all the time.
3: Yeah, but but you've said you mentioned that they're in uncharted waters. So I think we could afford to go six points behind and and still be and still be um in command because again, they're going through uncharted waters ultimately. So I think there's more pressure on them than there is on us. Yeah.
1: But then what happens, how much confidence do they get if they beat City then? That's the oh. other side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that, the, the uncharted waters are there. But if you want a, a stamp of approval and a seal of approval, that would be it. And just think of all the reactions that will be coming on Thursday based on one team winning this game or not. You can already picture it in your mind. Might as well release the statements now. This is what someone's going to say. That's what someone's going to say. So yeah, yeah. on and so forth. You know, it's so it's so cliche and so expected, but... I, I like, I have belief in City, you do, everyone does, but they've not necessarily backed it to this point, which is my no. only concern. Whereas for no. Arsenal, they kind of have done. Because all the big games that they've had, they've basically won bar and one against Man United.
2: Yeah. I've got to I've got to say, really, just just to build on what 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 you said there, Adam. Um if we go back three years to when we had that title race with Liverpool, um, where we we we, we won at Brighton, you know, bomb by a point, 98, 97 points. I mean, I I personally think that's one of the best sort of cat and mouse chases of a of a Premier League season ever. Um, we love being the hunter. I, 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 I look at us and you see us when we go on these 10, 15 game running, running winning streaks that we've seen us do multiple times. The positions we've been in when we've done that, maybe not the first, maybe not in the um, in the hundred point season, but that that season when we were behind Liverpool, I think it was eight points, eight or nine points, were behind Liverpool. We played them at home and we beat them two one, and that that was the start, that was the beginning of the end for Liverpool. That that you could tell that the atmosphere that day at the stadium was incredible. That the players just that there was a different aura about everything, and ever since that game. We just went, and Arsenal and Liverpool kept dropping the points. All the the moaning started, kept coming out from Klopp more and more and more, and it just knocked the confidence right out of them. So I look at that from three, what three is that? Three years ago, mad. Um, And I look at that and I go, you again. You could sort of compare that to this season if we were to go and beat Arsenal, um, and it be a and it be that sort of robbery, like the like a two one, like you know that be that would be fantastic. Um, it might give us all attacks by the end of the game, but it would just be brilliant. Um, you could just see it really knocking. As as you say, it's a young team. It's a it's a team that's not fully developed. You know that they, they they've, they've they're massively overachieving for what for anyone's expectations. And I've got to say, for all the you know for all the doubters out there that have that have said Arsenal are going to all season that are going to are going to drop it, drop it, drop it. Um, you know, there's there's so much credit that's got to be given to that very young team and to Mikel Arteta because. For the last two years, all the Arsenal fans have been doing is is hounding Arteta to be Arteta out, Arteta out, and now look at it—they're they're top of the Premier League. And even if they weren't to w- win the league this year, by the way, I think they've done a, a great job, and I think they will get top four anyway. Um, but I, I can I can see. And this is why I've got so much confidence for it, um, because I look at that a few years ago, and I just go, we love be- we love being in this position where we're behind and we're chasing, 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 and 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 having these little one point scraps, and I I, I think it's fantastic, and it, it, it's such a great advert for the Premier League, by the way, as well. So I, I, that's why I've got so much confidence. I think it, it it could really knock the confidence out of Arsenal, but I don't think if they were to beat us, I don't think we would be as hit by that. Um,
0: in terms of uh, psychologically, than they would if we be them. I'm going to sort of circle back now to the, you know, the city being under siege a little bit at the moment. Are you, are you, are you by any chance going to be at the game at the Emirates, Nadeem?
1: No, I didn't get the invite for this one. I don't get the TV gigs, unfortunately. I just do, uh, I just do radio. That's the way it goes sometimes. There. You, you'll be on
0: TV in the non too distant future. Uh, unbelievable, bundit. Lo- lovely to see you, uh, Toby. I know you'll be there, and I will be there. Um, so let me ask you this directly you know what, what are you expecting from the Arsenal crowd on, on Wednesday night are you expecting it to be hostile M- M- Nadam can maybe might, might give us a little bit of an insight on in what it's like being in that hostile environment if that's the direction you're going to go in but there's going to be what two, 3,000 City fans in that corner at the Emirates Stadium you expect 57,000 Arsenal fans to be shouting cheat all the way through yeah <laughs> 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 uh- yeah yeah, well, you you know the typical
2: sort of chance that uh, that uh, are directed at us. I, you know it it'll be it'll be I think it'll be also. It's got to be, isn't it? I mean, that, that is that's is Arsenal's biggest game of the season. We this is absolutely one hundred percent, without a doubt, this is Arsenal's biggest game so far, and probably will be. I mean, you know, this could go down if they were to beat us on Wednesday and go and win the league. That would this this could be the, the point where they go that that's where they want it because that's where they beat City and that's where they they really because they have we haven't played each other yet, obviously in the cup? Um, but we haven't played each other in the league yet. We got we got robbed of it because I can't, I can't, was it the um, was Queen. It? It was, was it the Queen? It was the Spurs game, wasn't it? There was something else that stopped. Uh, um, oh.
0: Arsenal was because their European game yeah. was called, yeah, week. yeah,
2: same thing, yeah. Um, but anyway, um. We haven't played them yet, so this is a blank canvas. So this could really be the point for them. So, so for the fans, you must sit there like like we did against Liverpool a few years ago. This is the time to go out support your team from an Arsenal fans' point of view. So I I, I will expect it to be hostile. Yeah, I've, I've got no idea what it's like playing in that environment. I, I honestly, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to know. I'd love to be able to feel that. Um, you know, I, I think um, if if the, the Arsenal did the um, the all or nothing documentary, and and part of it is one of the episodes they Arteta uh, Mikel Arteta was sort of sh- trying to show what his players what it was like playing at Anfield which is famously known as one of the most hostile crowds there is and he put speakers around the players and and played you'll never walk alone out of it and you know, it it really does show in perspective that that how 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 much it does affect that that's from obviously my point of view I've never played in it so I don't know but that that shows for me that actually it must really really get to the get to the players
0: well, the one thing I would say is that if if you remember when City played at Anfield and the culture was bombarded and City didn't play well in that game afterwards, now I know that was an extreme incident and it wasn't about crowd noise in a stadium or chanting, it was physical. You know, threat on that coach, but it definitely affected the players, even though nobody's really admitted that. It certainly felt like it did to me. And the only trans, the only little example I can give, but Nader will give us a better insight, is that when I was stadium announcer once, and I did the derby match, and I was stood on the centre circle reading the United team out, and they were all booing and whistling and jeering. Which, I've got to say, made the airs on the back of my neck stand up. You know, when they do that, it's fantastic when you know that they're booing you, effectively. I know they're not really booing you, but they're booing me because I'm reading out the team. City, City's fans, as much as anything, booing out when I read the United team and United when I read out the City team. And that might have motivated me. So I, I don't know, Naden, what's it like? I mean, you you played for QPR against City on the biggest day of City's recent history and mm. everybody was against you that day. What, well, what did
1: that feel like? Well, that was weird. But um, in itself, it depends because this game is going to be different because historically there's not like a real rivalry between Arsenal and City, but for this game there 100% is. You know, it feels like the most important game of the Premier League season so far. And as a consequence, those fans are going to come and know that they can make a huge difference to that. So then from a player standpoint, it's a case of, are you comfortable being the villain for 90 minutes? Can you play well as the villain? Because even though you're just playing a game of football, now you're in a point where every mistake you make will be jeered. Every tackle you make will be demanding of a red card. You know what I mean? Like you go a goal behind, they'll be letting you know every time you can see the corner, there's 50, 60,000 people screaming as if there's real pressure. And to make it different, you know, when fans weren't allowed in stadiums a few years ago, like a corner is just a corner. Nothing really happens probably 90% of the time. But away from home, there's a sense of inevitability that that exists that that's going to happen. And I think you find that when you're, say, like an away fan, when you're a player on the field, it can play with your mind a little bit. And that's why sometimes, well, one of the other reasons as well, but why sometimes I watch a game and I won't really have the sound playing because then I could just watch the game and figure out how the flow of the game went instead of being told and listening to the crowd, making it seem as if something's actually happening when most of the time it's not. So it's, it's tough, but City have played in some tough arenas. Look over the last few years, you know, when they've had those heads-to-heads with Liverpool, when they've gone and played like Atletico Madrid, when they've played Real Madrid, they've travelled around Europe, playing in environments where it's almost like life or death. And I think as they step out on the field, if they don't perform well, I don't think it'll be because of the Arsenal crowd, because the likelihood is for as good as the Arsenal fans can be, City have probably felt worse. I think yeah, the big you, thing... Season,
0: that Real Madrid game, though, last season as an example... You know, there was a very intense atmosphere in in the Bernabeu that day and City were leading and then they scored two quick goals. Was that? Do you not think that might have been influenced by the
1: crowd? No, I don't think so. I think the crowd for Real Madrid, they're in a very unique position because they know they are the number one team in Europe when it comes down to that competition. Like the banner before the game read another magical night for the kings of Europe. That was before a ball was kicked and the team was a goal down. They have an expectation that the team will win and do well in that competition. That's why they ended up beating Chelsea while they ended up beating Paris Saint-Germain, they didn't necessarily deserve to do that, but they just do it. That's just who they are. That's a very unique environment. And for City, if they arrived at that stadium and they were a goal or two down, we probably would have seen a different performance. But instead, it's like the performance of a team that's going to be conservative because they want to hold on to something, as opposed to Real Madrid playing in front of 60 70,000 who were there expecting the team to go for it until that final whistle goes. So... I think that one is, is different, especially because it was a two-legged tie. But for this game itself, you know, City will be very, very driven to win this match. There'll be a different level of focus that'll come from that game. But then the same thing is also true for Arsenal. And you just, you hope, like, as a, as a player, it was amazing making the crowd quiet. But I think for this game itself, it's so big that I don't think you'll be able to. So you just have to be clinical. You have to manage your moments, understand that, say, the referee might get his head turned because there's more a lot of noise about nothing in particular. I think it was a game against um Newcastle that they had a few weeks ago. Ref threw out loads of yellow cards as if it was a violent game. There was like nothing to it, nothing to it whatsoever. But when someone's outraged because somebody's made a tackle, refs thinking I have to book someone. You look back, it's not even a foul. So Atmospheres do matter. This is why Pep a few weeks ago, you know, upset a few people saying he wants the crowd back and all this, because I think he knows himself. It's tough enough coming to the Etihad anyway. When you turn up at the Etihad and 50,000 people are singing and screaming and ranting and raving, like it's extra, extra, extra tough. And I think that's what that game's going to be from an atmospheric standpoint. But the players, like, you know, they've been there, they've done that. I would be very surprised if it affected them. And in some ways, it's probably leans into the unfortunate nature of say looking forward to seeing your senior players in the big moments like Rico I think is a good player I think he'll become great but playing like at the Emirates in a in what is like the biggest game of the Premier League season so far you know he's got the character to play well but he have the character to manage that situation and be the villain at this moment in time, I don't I don't think he does but i think the rest of the squad are in a great position whereby they can handle that because they've been there they've done that and they're ready to just roll on to the end of the season.
0: Well let's finish off the podcast by going through you one at a time to just basically having watched the Tottenham game having seen all of the the stories that have come out this week with the um you know the stuff that's been thrown at city and now the reaction of the villa game you know what how would you sum up your week Tony starting with you as as a Manchester City fan how would you sum it up now you've had time to see it all go through as it were
3: I I think the players will have been glad just to get on the field today to take the pressure off in regards to what's going on outside of the game and obviously get a win today but not only just a win a convincing win today and I think that as a player will be all that would be needed in order then to go into the next game. So I don't think I think if this game was played tomorrow it would probably suit man city tomorrow but I'll certainly they'll be fired up. But I also think Pep in his wisdom will actually build it up as another game. It won't be a game in in the sense that it's 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 a, a do or die sort of game. I think he really really will play that down but the players will know and know they will just perform as they do. So I, I don't expect anything different from the players. And I think as we've alluded to before, of all them quotes regarding Real Madrid, is that we fight till the end. And I think that's what we've got about us. We never know when we're beaten. And I think with that mentality, uh, we will get a result uh, on Wednesday.
0: Seven days almost on from the accusations that the Premier League have thrown out. How are you feeling, Tony? Now, are you? I mean, there were people on Monday and Tuesday who were saying to me, This could be the end. I'm, you know, uh, we're going to lose everything. And now I sense there's a little bit more optimism. Where are you having had a week since the original case was brought against City?
3: Well, personally, um, I, I think that what me personally, I think we, uh, as City fans, as somebody who's seen us when we weren't very good, and 40 years of that, obviously, you know, I was there in the 70s. I was there through the 80s. So, to be honest, and and I think it was probably captured. um, I listened to somebody's um, Twitter feed and listened to a, a, a particular City fan, and it just basically encapsulated how I feel in that I, at one time there, was looking to the fact that if City win one FA Cup before I die, and it was that sort of thing, then I'd be quite happy. And at the end of the day, they'll not take any of their memories away from us. So for me, this is just unbelievable times that we're in. And if it were to end tomorrow, then we would start again and we would still be on the uh, the terraces supporting the club.
0: Toby, where are you? You're obviously a younger fan. How, how has this last week affected you? And how would you sum it up in terms of where your mind's at now? I think all I can remember as a
2: City fan is is us under the, under the, the, um, under Sheikh Mansora. you know, you, you guys are you know, you, you've lived it more than I have. Uh, my, my dad's lived it more than I have. So he's obviously he was shot by it, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think at the start of the week, it was all very fresh. It was all very sort of, ah, uh, not this again, you know, this is, and, and it, I think maybe it sort of felt a bit different at the start of the week than the champions league ones. I, I you know, that, that's what I felt on Monday, but as, as it went on and as it's, as the days went by, and as everything began to come out more and more and, and to gain the more of the reaction that the City fans, especially the way people were reacting. Um, and then for the press conference on Friday, I think, you know, we, we, were, we were at the absolute lowest we could probably be um, in terms of the emotion um, right now in our position. Um, obviously losing to Tottenham you think well that was our chance to get back in the title race then the allegations come in and it's like what is going to happen but as it's gone by this week I've, my, my confidence and my, my love for the club has grown more and more because it's it's not you know at the end of the day as Tony says it's not about you know these trophies they're they're, they're pieces of silverware and it's great. It's fantastic. But the memories is what we take from it. And if we had to start again all from tomorrow, we'd all go, I'd, I'd go to every game. Certainly. I'd, you know, I was saying to my mates, I'll go on a championship away day tour if we end up there, uh, it, it really doesn't honestly it, it, support in this club and loving this club is, is what's important to me. Um, And so those memories that I've built and those relationships and friendships that I've built over the years, watching this great football club, that's what's important to me and the silverware comes with it and it's great to be able to say we've won this and we've won that but really it's the times that you have and it's it's fantastic to, to be and as I say as the week's gone on it just felt like the perfect climax today I just felt like if we came out and really performed and got a great result and pl- not just that but played well it just would and it just felt fantastic so I, I honestly you know I
0: was really down here at the start of this week but now I'm I'm right up there. Well, before Nadim comes in, because we always say the best till last, um, personally, having watched City through so much um, trouble and so much disappointment, and now having seen all this fantastic success and fantastic football, um, I think I've shown that City has been an obsession in my life, um, which I'm very pleased it has been because it's given me so much joy over the years. And it wouldn't really matter what happened to City; um, I, I would not desert my football club, and I will always be, you know, blue and all the players that have played for the, the club, whether they've been world beaters like Kevin De Bruyne and you know Vincent Company and David Silver and Sergio Aguero or, or whether they've been, and I'm not going to name anybody, but the less successful ones and less skilled ones, they all have a special place in my heart because they're all they're all blues and you know and, and they're giving me joy. And sometimes actually having the adversity makes the the good stuff even better. Uh, Well, it it definitely does. It's not sometimes. So I feel very confident now that City have have done nothing wrong and will win this case. And then there's a bigger story to come, um, you know, when the Premier League is then brought to task. So, Nader, final word to you. Um, How would you sum up this week now from your perspective?
1: Well, obviously, the game itself was bad and then the allegations came out and... There was so much unknown because whenever anyone would ask you a question, you just don't know the answer dear. And it's a weird position to be in. But one thing I think it does, I think this week has reaffirmed people's identity. Like you are a blue. You take this to heart. You take this personally. And this matters more to you than anything. I think listening to you guys talk about how you'd go and watch City in any division, it doesn't matter. That's because this club means everything to you. So then when the Friday comes and the manager does his press conference and he shows he's a blue then the game comes and the players play in a manner which shows that they're here and they're fighting for the cause, just like you went to the stadium itself. I think it's, it, could, it has potential to be a very, very significant week for Man City, but not in the way that most people who rival the club would have hoped for. Because all those that thought Guardiola was going to leave, sounds like he's staying. For all the players who were saying, oh, would he stay if they relegated Champions League football, blah, blah, blah. They don't care about that. They want to play for City. They want to try and win this Premier League title and to give themselves the best chance by winning this game and then going down to the Emirates on Wednesday and getting a result as well. So in some ways, we've gone, you know, almost like a 180. It's gone from doom and gloom to all of a sudden being at a point where you know exactly who you are, you know exactly who you support and you know exactly what your football club is. And that, to me, sounds like a positive end to the week. Nedim, it's always a pleasure
0: to have you on the podcast. Hopefully we'll get you on again before the end of the season. Um, Tony and Toby, great guests as always. Uh, thanks very much to Howard Solicitors who have offices throughout Greater Manchester. They specialise in areas of law that affect the individual. So it's, if it's likely that you need some help or guidance, then they'll have somebody to help you. 161 872 9999 Big game on Wednesday. Of course, I'll be down there doing my match day vlog as usual. Um, make sure you tell everybody about the, the podcast and... Uh, the vlog have a look at it if you've not already seen it and remember this if you only remember this and you won't forget this particularly this week isn't it great to be a blue don't let anybody tell you anything different